Welcome to uh, BSB Pod uh, from the League Office. Uh, I am your host, Seth, with Max as always. Yep. And uh, today we have a very special guest with us, the uh, soon-to-be-married Jamie Pendleton. Woo! woo. Glad to be here. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Super excited to have you on. Um, I don't know, you guys, are you ever doing a pod again? I was trying to think of like an interview question. And I was like, Jamie's talked about himself on his pod. And then there's my interview question. Are you doing a pod again? I've asked Jordan a few times. And I, I think our schedules just haven't worked out mm. uh, the times. I was pretty uh, free at certain points. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Wentz situation, but I don't <laughs> think he wanted to talk about it. So that's fair. <laughs> I think Max and I were desperately asking him to do a pod as well about the Wentz situation. That would have been good. Yeah. And things have settled a little bit now, so maybe there, maybe it's a a good time to reapproach that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got he's had some time to like ruminate on it too. We won't have like the emotional release of a fresh pod, but maybe he'll have like some other thoughts about it. Yeah, he did ask me if he could use like my little uh, thing to release your guys' pod on. So like it got me thinking. Ooh. I was like, I could compete with the Ringer Podcast Network with only our fantasy league. <laughs> so I need you guys to start back up. I would I would like to have a structure of our podcast back during the regular season doing like different content of what you guys do. Yeah. Like maybe adding some uh, betting content and seeing how fun. bad Jordan yeah. is compared to like Charles Barkley at betting. <laughs> so we'll see. You guys could just be like the uh the first take of the league because mm. that would be also I feel like pretty good. That would be good. You guys could probably get into some pretty good arguments. <laughs> I would love to get into arguments with Jordan about anything. I need I need an <laughs> argument of Jalen Rieger is better than any of the other wide receivers. He'll he'll freak, he'll freak out. Start talking about Mac Jones. I'll get him going. Oh, that will get yeah. him going. So uh, Jordan's birthday's today, and Alex has been joking for a while about. Show us the picture. It's very funny. Uh, a Mac Jones bobblehead <laughs> as Jordan's birthday present. <laughs> Oh it's just someone like draft night holding up his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. All right. That's so cool. um let's get into it because I know Aaron's been jonesing. Uh it's been a while. It's been a minute. I've been busy. <clears throat> yeah. Same. Um, so yeah, post draft. I was kind of amazed at I guess like overall thoughts. We can hit those first. Uh I was impressed as a commissioner for how active everybody was in it i feel like mm-hmm. um obviously the trade discussion I, the trades in particular i feel like there was a lot of that going on and that was fun um i think max and i were counting before you hopped on jamie we did 10 trades this year during the draft which i feel like is Ooh. the most ever oh yeah it's gotta be it was like pretty big yeah. trades too like there were a lot of pieces moving in a lot of those trades i couldn't keep up yeah <laughs> yeah there is definitely, and I think there's more left on the table too. I was telling this to Seth. Like, I, by the end of the draft, I think I talked with every team about trading. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like from the from the beginning of the third round and on i was desperately trying to get in so i was messaging everybody when their pick came up and um but yeah there was a lot of activity especially for that number four pick mm-hmm. um i personally enjoyed doing the little live stream thing i thought that was fun you yeah. guys did a really good job with that. I jumped in for a little bit, but it was a busy day uh, since Madison's cousin was in town that day. Uh, okay. uh, but just watching the first, like, I, I thought it was pretty interesting, the first four order of the first four uh, quarterbacks, especially after Lawrence, because I still have my doubts about Trey Lance, but we will see. But then Justin Fields, whoo, we'll see oh, how they do in Chicago. I was oh. so happy with that. Actually, let's just dive right in. Okay, so you're you're in. What would have been your order, Jamie? Uh definitely Lawrence. I just I wonder if without it's the biggest question. I think uh, without Adam Gates, are the Jets like decent? And I think Zach Wilson may be better than Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And so it's kind of like year three, which is the best quarterback? And that's such a tough question because, like, right now, Josh Allen, like, year three after Mahomes looks like to be the best uh, quarterback. And I think, not to throw Lawrence as Mahomes, but, like, in just relation, maybe Zach Wilson will be there. But I think Shane got pretty good value there compared to Jordan having to pick Najee Harris at uh, four with his running back depth. Well, so it was actually Aaron traded in for that. So Aaron. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. So I, um, Aaron getting Lance and Harris. It's kind of interesting how Aaron and I ended up flip flopping the first four, and just like the directions we took. Um, I think I talked on our live stream a lot about my love for Fields, so I don't think I need to go into it in terms of being how happy I was. Uh, so I guess, uh, do you think Lance? Lance, so you think Wilson, I guess, would be your number two? Or are they kind of all like 2A, 2B, 2C for you? Yeah, I think it would be Wilson and Fields close. I do really like Fields as well. Um, I just hope – I there's just something about the Bears that I don't trust with their quarterbacks whenever they're at least promising. Uh, and so I, I hope Fields does really well. But I just have Wilson – just a prediction ahead of him. Yeah. Is is Fields the best prospect the Chicago Bears have gotten at quarterback in like years? Maybe Has ever? <laughs> Easily. Like maybe since like Ryan McMahon uh, when he was really good in the 80s with them that people would like it. But, oh, for sure. It's, he's got to be extremely athletic and he's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Clemson game when he had the – come out for a little bit yeah i i'm excited to watch him play though at chicago yeah um i guess do, do you guys in general we'll do it with like we'll split it kind of between the two uh now the first two what was like your favorite pick that somebody made just kind of in a vacuum just like it could be like for whatever reason either value or like team fit just kind of anything what was your guys favorite my my number one off the bat that I thought was good only because it's T.O. Michael Parsons, when T.O. got him, I think is like the ideal place to get the best defensive player in the draft. I got uh, Ch- Chase Young at 10 when I 
traded Mealy my first round pick uh, this year. That's why I didn't have that, so I apologize. But I got Chase Young, and he looks to be on a stack line, so I apologize to everyone. But T.O. getting Micah Parsons there feels like a perfect pick in the sense that he's going to be all, all over the field for Dallas. And I, I'm just excited to watch him play, and it just feels like with T.O.'s offense that it's incredible. Getting a linebacker like that for two or three years is going to be huge. Yeah, I, I agree. I I can uh, vouch for how mad Max was uh, that that happened. Mm. We were actively talking about him taking 2.1 from me because he was like, Jordan 2-2 <laughs> might take Micah Parsons from me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you 2-1. I'm going to take 2-1 so I could definitely get Parsons. And then T.O. from nowhere. <laughs> like, I thought for sure <laughs> – not, I mean, not for sure. I really thought T.O. was going to go running back there. Like, I thought he could definitely use the depth there. I mean, I mean, this is this is where I started getting worried about, like, the area where, like, the, a top IDP prospect, whoever it may be, may start going because I'm working off the frame of reference of when Jamie took Young. That's the, that's the area you're looking at. And I was like, if he doesn't take – and then we kind of confirmed this with, like, Shane when we were talking with him afterwards and, like, online – like Shane was going to get ready to, I think, trade out of 110. Like if T.O. had taken like Javante Williams or something, um, Shane may have traded back. And then it's just 2-1 on the board and Parsons is there. I would have got him. Um, but it's not that I really needed him. I just wanted him. I just I thought he oh, would yeah. have just been really fun to have. You but, got you um, got to have him, especially because oh, yeah. but- – the you you were at the Purdue game when uh, Michael Parsons helped Penn State set their school record in sacks in a game against Purdue. Gotta have yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah he's gonna have fun watching them. He's gonna be they're gonna he just he fits perfectly over there. So I think he's gonna do really well. But um, yeah, regardless of who was gonna be like whether it was Parsons or end up being Devonte Smith, Seth and I had something in place no matter what. But in terms of like, are you talking like first two rounds? What was the favorite pick? Is that what you're saying? Zach? Um, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Uh, just because like, I don't know, the third and fourth, I want to kind of talk about separately, just because I think that became yeah. way more interesting of a draft. Then, um, I think there's a couple that stand out to me, kind Shoot of like out. equally. Um. One move, I mean, aside aside from, like, my involvement of it, I really did like um, Michael moving up to get Chase. I think that was really good for him. Um, I think he – I think him just offloading the points of Zeke off of his team to help him with his tanking effort and then getting, like, a really good blue-chip prospect like Chase to stack with Burrow is going to be really fun for him. Um, so I think that will keep his involvement really good for this league. So I think that's really good for him to keep getting high quality prospects. And I, it's another perfect situation that just fell, fell to him was Shane getting Williams at 110. I mean, he just gets to, he gets the transition from Gordon to Williams. I liked Williams a lot. And I really debate. I, I was starting to convince myself to take him at 18 because I didn't think Chase was going to fall. Um, but he gets the transition to him. And if they get a quarterback, that offense is ready to explode. So he needed the depth badly. Teddy. Um, uh, Drew Locke, anybody? <laughs> I saw that look <laughs> on your face. Don't, don't even start. 
But I think the move for Chase and the pick of Williams, I think were probably two of my favorite. Do we um, all agree that uh, Drew Locke beats out Teddy Bridgewater, though, real quick for that I, job? I do think he does. I, I think don't he does. Wow. Okay. I, I think Locke I, – I, I just don't think Locke is good. I I, I think Teddy's going to be safer for them, and I think it's going to come down to who's going to, like – who's going to, like, prevent more mistakes, and I see that being Bridgewater. I don't think either of them is going to take them over the top – but I just I don't know I just don't see it with Locke I don't think I think is I think he's getting on to be almost on borrowed time there. But so that's just I think Locke's gonna win it, but not because he'll necessarily be better. Um, I think I think Bridgewater's a known quantity. That's about as much as you can have at this point. And so I feel yeah. like they'll either, they'll go with Locke because maybe something will happen this year, and if it doesn't, he can flame out super hard, and then they can draft like uh, Spencer Rattler, one of the other top guys coming out next year. Um, Cause like Bridgewater, I think will be safe enough to get them into like the mid teens and the draft picks and not comp- like you said, like I don't think either of them getting or, or getting them over the top. And so I feel like the smarter play almost is just to see if Locke either has anything or just let him uh, lead the tank <laughs> for the season. Yeah. Um, which I mean, <laughs> One of those will not help me out in fantasy, but I think I don't care all that much. <laughs> uh, my favorite was actually off of Shane's too. I think that's the sermon snipe really got me. Uh, I think sermon um, after like the top three, I think sermon's going to be really surprising, uh, especially in that 49ers offense. Um, I think, uh, I think, he'll, I think he'll end up being the best in the bunch. And I know uh, they like to swap them around a lot, but I also think Sermon might be the best potential, like pure talent they've had kind of come in. Cause a lot of them have been like not huge names and stuff and not much draft capital at all that they've turned them. They just turned out to be pretty good. And I mean, anybody can look good in that offense. Um, so I think it's the same kind of thing where it's like the land situation, right? Where it's like you bring in a guy that just has more talent, even though you're pretty good at the position and he's just going to look incredible on the field. Just adding to your sermon point, I was just going to say from someone who watched Raheem Mostert get into that offense, when Raheem Mostert was at Purdue, Trey Sermon could be a very good, reliable running back if if Trey Lance or even if Jimmy G still does well. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, Just because I think it'll be fun. Uh, so I was joking around for a bit. I want your perspective, Jamie, uh, for a bit that two one, I would take Mac Jones after taking Lance and fields and before trading away hurts. How dumb do you think that would have been? <laughs> Shane and Max at the time thought it'd be incredibly stupid. And I'm not saying they're wrong. Mostly I wanted to see your expression as I explained to you what the thought was. <laughs> but, I don't, I don't think given that position, you got to draft a third quarterback there. <laughs> I, I don't I, I won't go to the lengths of calling it incredibly dumb because if all three do well, you could possibly trade out of that when quarterbacks are that valuable. Like I don't I given the long term health and or especially with the Patriots. So I I think it's it would it'd be interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks for be being bold. polite. I appreciate it. Uh, we tell like it be bold. Yeah, that would that would 
be a very bold move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything that surprised you in terms of like where the player went in the first two rounds? Um, I guess for me, Waddle. yeah, Waddle fell. That's a good one. He fell. I, I hated, I like, I really did, didn't like passing him up at two six, but like, I just traded up for Devonte Smith. I was already like, had enough. I already made moves in the off season to get off season, get a few more guys too. So like, I mean, it's just like, we've talked about it before, at least with Shane, like everyone and their mother has like so many wide receivers, like the depth there is crazy all around. Um, so like, I don't know. I mean, who knows what, what's going to pan out with them. I mean, the capital is high and if Tua takes a leap and builds that connection with him, like Jamie just got insane value at two seven. So um, I think that's, that was the most surprising one. And then that and Chase, honestly, I really don't get Chase making it to one eight. Um, but do you have him that, over that, ETN? Like, is that depending on, I mean, I think Shane made an interesting point of how diluted the wide receiver position is. And I mean, our draft with four quarterbacks, four uh, running backs, and even a tight end before the second wide receiver is pretty interesting. So. Yeah. I, th- I think that the thing for me is I've seen plenty of people, even in like, like I, I tried to look up any like mock draft I could scoop up, like with our close to our format. Um, and there's plenty of people making arguments for chase and like still in the top six, if not top five, taking him over like a quarterback. So I, I guess it really just becomes team dependent at that time. Um I mean, I think ETN's going to still win out the job at some point from Robinson. So, like, I still like ETN long-term better. But if, like, Chase is supposed to be the type of prospect everyone's propping him up to be, then, like, uh, I mean, at 1-8, that just seems crazy to me. But I, I understand it at the same point. That's yeah. Fair. So, like, for me, looking back at when we were doing our team needs stuff, I the only people I had that I thought needed wide receiver were Jamie, who, I mean, you ended up with Waddle uh max and you ended up with smith um and then i had eric uh to and michael and like michael got chase so out of the other guys that are up there i mean that's a thing too right because like there was two of me two of aaron and one of shane and all of us are pretty set at wide receiver so like it's just so hard I mean, especially for quarterbacks. I mean, that's why you have the quarterbacks go there. It's so hard to say, take like Chase, who talent-wise is one of the top guys at his position. But um, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest, the only spot I could see is over ETN. Um, yeah, yeah. Like if if he was going to go somewhere, and then like it's kind of the same thing with Waddle then too, just because. Um, I mean, there's not. No, I guess the place would have been like maybe T.O., but the Parsons pick was solid. T.O., you had your choices of receiver there. You just had to mess <laughs> it up and throw a wrench and everything. You couldn't let me just be happy. At some point, I'm going to talk to him about trying to snag him probably. It's probably not going to ever work out, but, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, double-digit sacks in his first year, Max, and you're never going to see him back. <laughs> Guys, right, like, man, whatever. Good for him. 
Trask going at the end of the second surprised me, I think. Um, I know Jordan was feeling – it's like – it's weird to me, right? I think I think Jordan was not happy to get Jones. And I think – I don't think – I know Jordan needs quarterback, but I don't think, especially after having taken Jones, that I would have taken Trask there, I think. I thought he had a really good – opportunity to like double down on the Philly backfield and take I don't think Gainwell would have been a bad pick there like I like I look at some of the guys going around after that pick and like after he just made the move for Sanders I mean he already went up and got Jones so like Trask you definitely have to wait and see on um but like yeah I don't know I don't I that one made me scratch my head a little bit but I thought he would have gone a lot later based on who was still available yeah and like i don't know if he was already planning on trading for brady or not but especially if you add in i mean i guess he wants like the guy to come up after brady but did he make the move for brady before or after that pick uh i want to say after wasn't that towards the end i thought it was towards the end yeah because he was shooting for Michael was trying to get into like the third. Yeah. I know that was okay. all the 2022 picks. But yeah, it was towards the end of the draft. Okay. Um, I don't know. It just like uh, it's it seemed like a very much looking at the future kind of move. But then some of Jordan's other moves seem to kind of like win now. I guess is the best way to put it. Why I'm so- surprised there. I thought it was really interesting given that Shane had a solo run on running backs uh, that he didn't get a running back there because like the running back class, especially, I mean, I just even like Chase Hubbard a lot given McCaffrey's uh, just injury prone. And he's, he's, he's almost like too athletic that he just injures himself like that. I thought that would have been a decent pick for Jordan there just to add some depth that, Get lucky yeah, when he didn't pick McCaffrey that one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the Mike Williams over McCaffrey pick, right? Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Wow. Oh, man. Look at it. <laughs> I remember how much we were questioning that at the time then, and now you look back now, and, man, yeah, that did not age well. But I tried to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it's just going to get your guy. Yeah, that's true. Shane sniped me twice because I was going to go Williams mm. if Shane traded out. And then I think I actually mentioned I was going to go Williams and then Shane changed his mind <laughs> and took him there. Because Shane was like, I'm going to trade out. And I'm like, okay. And like I thought they did it. And then he took Sermon from me too. He traded up. I was going to trade with Kyle. And I was like, I don't need to move up one pick. It's fine. And then Shane moves up instead and takes him from me again. Uh. So, yeah, um, so I guess, like, the third and fourth, what was, like, the interesting thing to you, if anything, jumps out? Well, I mean, it kind of carries over from the first two as well, and I don't know what the norm is based on, like, I mean, this is we haven't been in this format for too long, but, like, as a whole, there was only, what was it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven running backs taken in the draft. I don't. That feels like just look at the board, it feels low, but maybe that's about right. Um, 
So, I mean, there wasn't a running back taken after the second round until I took Hubbard at 4-4. So that's one thing that stood out to me. But then it just became, I think, the third round. Like, I think if the format from last year and this year is showing anything, it's like you'll see a guy, you'll see someone make a move for the top IDP guy if they are like a this big blue chip prospect at the end of the first and then maybe you won't see another move for that until maybe the end of the second. But then once the third round hits, it's heavy hitting on defense from there on. I feel like that's a sweet spot about when this start like that starts to pick up. Yeah. Um, I think the running back thing more speaks to just the quality of running backs in this draft. Like I pulled up last year's draft and we had 12 running backs taken. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Like it's actually here. I, I'll share my screen really quick. So it's kind of it's interesting to look at them side by side. Um, the this year's draft is on the right. Um, I think I think you kind of see just the whole lack of like super stud talent on the offense this year. Like looking at them, like there's a lot more defensive players taken, which could kind of go to uh, getting like our feet. I think. I think we like last year we had upped kind of the scoring almost across the board for some stuff for defensive players and adding in the extra player. And so I think last year after the rookie draft, we kind of learned how much more valuable it is. And so I think you get some of that, but um, yeah, we were like, I mean, who's this guy? What's his name? I don't even know. Who Darrington, this Evans. Darrington Evans got taken. <laughs> like there's a lot of guys on there that like, yeah, I don't know interesting i agree with you seth i think just the you could see that we've had six defensive linemen after the second round versus two from the prior year and so that alone people are trying to, and i think that at, it, that stems from the uh we added more positions to the defensive line in our uh, starting lineup and there's folks like me who have absolutely no one going after <laughs> chase young like talking maybe I, I can't even name a guy it's actually that bad i think but compared to just darrington evans how it i mean also the two quarterback position we've had two quarterbacks selected just in the fourth round versus two in the third and fourth round before that uh, i think the two quarterback has also stemmed from i mean the, the depth of this prior draft for quarterback is definitely a lot better at least from a prospect level than the previous draft so we'll see mm -hmm. um yeah i, I kind of looking at both them too like uh linebackers like in the third and fourth there was one taken last year and four taken this year uh the interesting thing and i don't know if this is because it's so much more of a crapshoot is there was only two defensive backs last year and only one this year in the whole draft um, yeah i don't i don't think you've seen like I, I don't think there's been that guy like I mean there's been a, a couple of corners that have been highly like touted and stuff but like IDP everyone for the most part tries to stay away from corners but there's not there's not been that like Jamal Adams Tyron Matthew like safety prospect or like whoever you want to make it there hasn't been that guy in the past few years I mean Jeremy Chin's turned out to be a pretty good uh player too but mm -hmm. um it's because yeah, they're I don't always think on defense, Max. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Yeah. Um, 
you guys have like a favorite trade at all? Um, or I guess in general, uh, we'll make it more general than that. So we don't have to kind of like look through the trades. Uh, did, was there somebody who just kind of had like a f overall favorite in terms of moves they made? Just kind of like your favorite person for the draft and how they manipulated it and picked and that kind of thing. Seth, um, I think your move for uh, getting Jalen Hurts, I think that was pretty interesting, especially because you got you got rid of AJ Dillon. Oh, you have that backwards. Sorry. Uh, oh, did I get? Oh, yeah, I, I got AJ Dillon and got rid of Hurts. Oh boy, I completely got that wrong. You're good. Do you still find well, it interesting? <laughs> do you like AJ Dillon that much? That um. That's that's where I struggle with that one. Then I've heard good things out of camp about him, um, and I think like it's weird because Aaron Jones I feel like is a stud, uh, but even then like they were still using Jamal Williams a ton, <laughs> and drafted Dylan like kind of high last year, <laughs> so I just I don't know with them, and I mean running back is just such a huge hole for me that I was kind of like, I mean. I, did they sign Jones long-term this year? I forget. Or was it just a one-year kind of thing? Uh, I think they did long-term. Was it? Okay. Um, and some, I think the bigger piece for me, actually, in that was getting my first-round pick back. Because I gave up my next year's first to get fields, and then that kind of got it back for me. Um, That's fair. Yeah, and like at that point, I had the four quarterbacks, not including, not including Locke. Um, <laughs> and so I felt better about letting Hurts go then. Okay. Um, and so the, the Dylan thing on top of that was kind of just like the, the new the new Jamal Williams in Green Bay and maybe potential to grow into something else. That's, uh, fair. that's kind of how I viewed that. Um. I do. I was r really happy in general. I think with like both Kyle and Michael's drafts, I thought they both did well overall. I really liked it from Michael. Honestly, like he got he got a lot of the points off of his team, and he just kept adding for like picks for next year. Um, I mean, I already gave him when I traded for OBJ. I already gave him my first for next year, so he already had that. Um, but I'm like. I'm going through some of the other moves he made. Um, I mean, going up to get Chase was good. We already talked about that. Um, I mean, he got a second-round pick for a third-round pick this year straight up with Aaron. So, like, I mean, I think Aaron's going to be pretty competitive, but um, I think that's great for Michael, too. And then getting rid of Brady and then getting another first and a third-round pick next year, like, he, he's just loading up on these guys to uh, help that um, transition for him. So I, I thought Michael did a really good job. Yeah, he has three firsts next year. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. And I'm like, like such ahead. a young team already. I, I mean, I love the Burrow to Chase connection and the value that he got, even though Chase went a little bit low. That value that he got there, just and then the three firsts next year. I mean, I think he is set up very well. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's, he's definitely in a good position to start reloading. Um, and, like, if he wants, I think he has some moves he can make to probably get some more picks. Like, it's starting to run out of, like, people he can get rid of, but I think there's a few spots there. Um, yeah. 
Like right on. now he's got Alshon Jeffrey in his lineup. So <laughs> yeah, he's running. He's running thin on guys he can get rid of. Well, I, like an interesting one almost is uh, Garoppolo mm-hmm. to me because like yeah. if you if you think if you're competing this year and you think Lance may not start this year, Garoppolo is probably not a bad pickup to try to get if you feel like a little lackluster at quarterback compared to some of the other competitors. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think – I mean, it's been talked to death. Any quarterback in that system is going to do well. As long as he can stay healthy and they don't have Lance take over immediately. Yeah. It's just beyond that is what you're taking the dice roll on. Right. And I think that's why – that's, like, why I said, like, if you're trying to win, like, this year or something, um, if yeah. you just, like – if you're like, man, I could compete with Shane or something. I just need like one better quarterback. Um, that could be something to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth, I love your pick with uh, Mills in the fourth <laughs> round, though. I love that pick. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I No, I, I kid you not. It may be the fact that I was in – uh, Dallas when that pick was done and like there was bias for Mills and everything on like the news and I just I, I just don't trust whatever's going to happen to Sean Watson whatsoever and this seems like the plan B and it seems like ultimate value in the fourth round yeah actually I was talking about that with Max too like right before you hopped on I was like Mills I just threw it out there because like seems just like a sleeper thing We'll see what happens. I mean, they're picking up like their quarterback. Everyone's hilarious. It's fu- it's fucking yeah. Deshaun Watson, Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll, <laughs> Ryan Finley, and Davis Mills. <laughs> like what a quarterback room. <laughs> I was I was just telling this to Seth before you hopped in, Jamie, but um, because Mills went at sixty-seven and Kellen Mond went at sixty-six, mm. and I was reading an article saying that Houston was planning on taking Mond before they got up on the clock and they had gotten in contact with Mon's agent to tell him that we're going to pick you when our pick comes up. And then, cause I think because Minnesota didn't get fields in the first round, like they were rumored to one, they ended up waiting to take Mond and then Houston lost out on Mond and ended up taking Mills. So interesting, very fascinating, but I think Mills could be a really good pick too. If, cause I, I, I don't know that, I, I don't trust that situation at all either. I don't know. It's been re- re- really quiet on the whole Watson thing for a while. So who knows what's going to emerge from that? Yeah. Do you guys think he gets traded? Man. Like Seth, Seth did you think in making that pick, you're like, I hope he gets traded? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Cause like, he's still saying it. I think like one of his last pass conferences, he was still like, I'm not going to play another snap for the Texans. Cause there was that whole thing where like, he was so mad at them before all this, the shit started. That's like, he didn't want to do anything for him. I mean, it was like worse than the Rogers green Bay relationship. So I think, I think Watson is gone from Houston regardless. It's just when it's going to happen. I don't, I just don't know how, I, I just, I have trouble seeing him playing for them in any capacity at this point. Like it's all happened so quick. Everything just feels like, like you're walking on eggshells like around the whole subject. Like I, I just have trouble seeing him like wanting to go to that stadium, suit up and walk out in the field wearing that uniform for them. So like, it's, 
I, I don't know. I don't, what do you give up if you try and trade for him? Like, what's the what in the world is his value right now? Because you have a guy that's like, like peaking straight up. Like he is like MVP caliber, like perfect age, like with breakout and everything. And now you throw this every all this into it, and like, I have no idea how you do it. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is you just can't trade for him right now. I mean, there's nothing you can give that's worth the PR disaster of saying we're bringing him into the organization. Yeah. So I think, I think this year, I don't know. I I just don't see him playing a snap this year. A snap? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the I think the league office is going to wait as long as they can until they put him on the exempt list. I think that's see, how it's going to go. If if you say they're going to wait as long as they can, like as long as they can, like week three, week four, like because well, this is the NFL that we're talking here. I think, yeah, I mean, that's some of it. It's like, I don't know the timing of how it's all supposed to play out. Like, I do think, like, if they settle or something like that outside of court, the league's going to take that as him being guilty and put him on the exempt office and suspend him. Hmm. Um, like, I think we've seen stuff, like, they've done some of that already where, like, the guy gets off. I mean, they did it with Zeke when there was, yeah. like, one of those things went down. Like, I think they're caring a ton about their PR image, and so – if there's anything except for like complete absolution of it all, which I struggle to see at this point, mm-hmm. I, I think he's at least going to be on the exempt list. And I also, I think the NFL will want to, maybe, maybe he'll do like a snap in preseason, but I don't think the NFL is going to want the stories that ESPN are going to put out of like Deshaun Watson walking onto the field in his first game in the regular season. By the way, do you know all this shit going down with him? <laughs> Because that's going to be the story, like, as soon as he walks on the field. You're you're absolutely right in that sense, given the fact that I think ESPN has pushed as many Aaron Rodgers stories as they can so that, like, Deshaun Watson's almost in the backfield because they almost went, like, too strong out on that. Like, they're fine with this, like, QB narrative being more, like, wholesome and hating the team for because <laughs> they drafted a quarterback. I don't know. It's – you're absolutely right with that, though. The NFL doesn't want that. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Back to draft talk. Um, I was. What was interesting? I like. It's kind of interesting how like the the defensive line were like two little really tiny runs. There was like the two picks, then the three. Um. I was gonna. It, to my defense in the second run of that defensive line, I was going to pick Hubbard if Max didn't pick it. I was oh, actually, really? I was kind of stunned that he fell that fall. He fell that far given just McCaffrey's health. Uh, so I was going to take him there, but good, good pick. So once, once I, um, once I made that trade with, um, it was a Kyle to get those, <laughs> those three picks in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I was like, so how, what? Cause I knew, my main point in doing it was to get Mon. Like that's uh, whoever, whatever pick I was getting, I was just trying to get Mon. But I was like, I also want, I kind of want Hubbard too. So like, I then the other guy I was thinking about doing was um, Owe too. And I was like, <laughs> I know, like I know, I have to hit this order right. So like, because I, I have a feeling if I don't take Hubbard, Jamie's gonna snipe him at four or five, because like, it just makes sense. Like he's got McCaffrey, the health issue, like makes all sense. So I, but like at the same time, if I take Hubbard, 
I, I had a sneaky suspicion Jamie's just going to take away. Either out of spite or he just actually wants them. I think <laughs> it's like a little bit of both. Right. But um, I was like, I'm fine with taking Ojolari if it comes down to that. So um, I, who knows what type of playing time Hubbard will get. I mean, I do want to see McCaffrey stay healthy um, just because he's fun to watch. But yeah. Yeah, I think almost uh, the Mike Davis leaving kind of went into the radar, at least like for me. Like, I think it was just like, like, I, it was just like, I think after you drafted Hubbard, I was like, oh, Davis is on like the Falcons now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a solid pickup for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's another, like, I mean, you want to just sprinkle him in for a second too. Like that was another huge winner. And like all of this, just from like the NFL draft is Davis kept a starting role. They haven't brought in anybody in free agency. Gurley's still a free agent. Like, He's going to have a start after what he did in Carolina last year. He's going to have a starting role all next year. And who knows what the Panthers are going to want to do with McCaffrey to try and keep him healthier over the long term. So, like, Hubbard may actually see decent playing time just to spell McCaffrey a bit. I, I will be shocked if McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey has a workload like he has. Like, I think they invested so much money at this point that the reason they got Hubbard was almost at insurance at its finest and that they're going to try to lower his production just to get that. I mean, it's the, it's kind of the norm in the NFL. Now the two running back two headed monster, if you have it going, you, you should use it because it, it works. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so Max, fuck you there. But other than that, we're good. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> I I need to get running back some it's way, good, shape, or it's a good pick. I, that that no. that's that's a good pick. Max saying you're like I need to, yeah, I think it's a good pick. But you're sitting here being like I need to get a running back because I needed my Chuba Hubbard because you know trading for Zeke wasn't enough for me. Dude, I I trust nothing about NFL running backs after how the past two years have gone. I have like the kiss of death on some of these guys that just cannot stay on the field. So like true. I am just gonna freaking load up wherever I can as long as it makes sense. And yeah, I honestly I think it's a good spot for Hubbard too, after the kind of downfall he had last year. Cause I mean he's got the talent and I think Carolina has got an offense where like he can kind of work in some space and kind of recapture some of that confidence for him. Um, but I, I mean, I hope, I hope the Zeke thing goes well too. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have ever any uh, favorite pickups from the waiver wire? Bits? The waiver wire. I need to go through those. I didn't look through like the whole spiel of them. I'm assuming you do. I think, I, I do. I so just Nico, Nico Collins at 77. We need to talk about from Aaron. I know. Like, we need that. That is, we, that is... <laughs> yeah. I, we need to talk about that. And I need, we need to talk about Aaron's Patrick. budgeting skills here. <laughs> What's he down to again? I remember talking. I remember mentioning you it. Said $7. $7. He's down to $7. Oh my God. I mean, I think. I think this is going to be the year where we see act, finally you're going to see some money traded and like some, but uh, 
I don't. Th- I do think Aaron was right in that there was a lot more money spent at the like initial blind bending last year. Like I think there were, I think multiple people that were in like the low double digits, maybe like single digits. So he's not, he's not wrong, but <laughs> uh, some of oh, the, yeah. some of his decisions are, in particular, the Nico Collins. <laughs> Uh, I think comparatively speaking, I think it was last year too that Jamie had the big bid that won for Gronk. And if you that's right, if you if you put them side by side, like the, I think Jamie spent like eighty dollars or something. Um, I'm trying and, to pull it up. I'd love to see what that was because that was I did bid. I think I bid eighty five. I want to think it's something somewhere in that neighborhood. But like if you just put, it just looks funny side by side. Gronk for eighty dollars in Tampa Bay, and then Nico Collins for seventy seven dollars in Houston. Um, Man, and then you just look at like the spread. It's seventy seven versus Shane in second with twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, okay, more than that. Uh, just in terms of money spent, I think because like Shane only spent twenty five. Monty Rice, uh, the linebacker for Tennessee, Aaron bid forty three dollars. There was one yep. other. There was one other bid. It was Jordan oh with a dollar. <laughs> Man, I mean, sometimes so. I, to be fair for Aaron, maybe he thought the value, at least the linebacker there, was going to be a little bit different for how like how T.O. took a linebacker earlier, how some people were taking linebacker. I don't know. It, that one's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, the linebacker value is hard to argue against. Everyone wants to find that guy that's just an easy double-digit guy every week. I mean, you look at the next like the next one down that list is Ernest, Ernest Jones, Jones for 37, and no one else bid on him. Uh, like, I went I, – his name popped up on something I was reading this week. It's like, oh, I'm going to see if anyone scooped him up. And I saw that he wasn't available, so I looked through the bids. It's like, oh, he spent $37 on him. He just found him before anyone else could, but he just I guess he thought more people would be in on him. Yeah. Uh, Aaron does his research, so I'm sure he was reading some articles and stuff about him and was like just thinking somebody else has to be reading this stuff, and so I need to like make sure I get these guys. So I found a V bids for last season oh, and I'll, boy. I'll share my screen with that. I'm excited for this. Cause <laughs> I, so to be fair to Aaron, I did ninety uh, <laughs> I did put 90 on Gronk and there were two bids. One was also for 53 by Eric. So okay. Eric inflated that one. That's his fault. $90. But 90 is pretty rough for, a 200 total pit, but then you have Aaron here again for Willie Gay Jr. And I'd love to see the stats on Willie Gay and how he did with Kansas yeah. City. I got Shane, you. Shane also bid $34. So that's with, pretty close. That is high. I do. I do remember like Willie Gay getting some hype last year as an IDP sleeper. I think some people were expecting him to have a decent role. I don't, I don't think anything really came of it year one. I, I mean, he's – Yeah, not really. Only one. The um, Chiefs aren't I, really I was, on defense a lot, so. Yeah. Also, it's, yeah. it looks like Willie Gay had some injury troubles last year, so. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, he got a torn meniscus that he got surgery on at the end of January, so. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So, I, I'll i give Aaron a pass on that one, I think, just because Shane also did some bids. Um. 
Jordan with some defensive player spending last year. <laughs> Jamie been nine dollars on Gronk and then thirty dollars on Cole Komet. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Cole Komet is the future right here. This is no, I don't think that's I don't think that's bad. Fields to Cole Komet, ten touchdowns this year. Let's make it happen. You and I, come on! I need it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in on it. I have Komet in another league. I'm in on it. Uh, I just love that you spent one hundred twenty dollars combined on, on tight ends. Yeah, yeah. And then I also picked up. Um, Oh fuck! I'm blanking on his name. The tight end from Purdue. Uh, oh, mayor. Of, yeah, your boy. It starts um, with a C, I think. Oh, shit, I, I know you're talking about. You were talking to me about him last year. Bryson Hopkins. That's his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what this guy's doing. But, anyways, it going back on how it's possibly inflated this year. Uh, I think. I think Aaron has a reason to be upset with uh, how we did bid last year and then kind of came down from it. Yeah, it looked like there's a lot more like spreading the wealth this year. Yeah. Um, like some people winning some $0 bids. Uh, oh, I saw one that I found interesting. What was it? Jordan was just throwing out $1 bids like it was his business. <laughs> it's like on almost anything that had more than one bid, there's Jordan with just a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I am very annoyed at myself. I did not pay attention to this, um, like the week that this uh, blind bidding stuff was going. I think it was last week. Um, I didn't pay attention to it as much as I wanted to. I got very distracted during the week because I wanted to up my bid for Fitzpatrick and I would have won it because I remember saying this, like, I want to bid up to 32 after I put my initial, I think I put 27. Yeah, yeah 27. you lost I would have 27. Won- so that's the one only one I really wanted to actually get, but I messed that one up. Who would you rather have? Davis Mills at pick 4.9 or Tyrod Taylor at $30 of blind bidding money? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is such an excellent question. No is my answer. No, <laughs> I don't know what's worth more. A 4.9 like draft pick or $30 of blind bidding money? <laughs> <laughs> it's because <sighs> <laughs> like I mean it's like it's do a, you want a dumpster fire or a tire fire is just basically what you're asking uh, I, I honestly I think I'd rather if I have to pick give me Mills like I don't think you're going to get anything <laughs> from, I don't think you're going to get anything from Tyrod Taylor that you weren't didn't already like know about him at this point he is what he is yeah um, so I'd rather have the excitement and thrill of trying to root to see if Davis Mills is going to get on the field and see what he can do. Um, it's just purely just from uh, like enjoyment perspective. So I would rather have Mills as well, just to piggyback on Max. I mean, thirty dollars of your two hundred dollars for that situation is a little rough for me. Yeah. Jordan too. Oh, who was it? That Joe was Tryon T- for thirty-one dollars. Tio got him for thirty. Yeah, yeah. Try. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know who Tryon is. Washington guy. He's um, not. He's not on sleepers depth charts. <laughs> so. Ernest Jones, baby. He's gonna be the. Yeah, I was. I mean, I. I guess I was surprised that I won. I kind of surprised that. 
Morig only had two bids on him. And I was just looking at 15. that one too. I can't believe Eric didn't get him. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's weird that. I guess I would have expected him to have been drafted almost. Well, what, I think what's up with uh, what's up with Stevenson having no bids other than you? Yeah, I don't know, man. I thought I'd have to outbid some other OU guy. Apparently not. All the talks from all the OU kids about Stevenson. <laughs> I put my money where my mouth is. T.O. bids $12 on Tim Tebow and can't drop $12 on Stevenson? Come on. Come on, T.O. What are we doing? You're, you're, you're asking T.O. to drop $12 only to still get his $12 back because you're valuing more. Yeah, I'm just saying if you had $12, would you want to go for Tim Tebow or Ravondra Stevenson? I mean, if you're all about the memes, I get it. And uh, T.O. is pretty about I, the memes. I, I, I think it's I think it's pretty clear at this point that T.O. is about the memes. Oh, well, okay, hold on. Here we go. This might be the ultimate sleeper thing. Uh, so the latest news, if you open up Tim Tebow on sleeper, is 11 days ago, Roto Baller put out uh, an article that said, Tim Tebow could be used in the Taysom Hill role. Mm. Did T.O. just find the newest tight end that gets quarterback points? Oh, God. T- Tebow should not be throwing a football in the NFL. Has T.O. figured out a way to have a three-headed monster of Rodgers, Mahomes, and Tebow at quarterback? <laughs> what a great way to ruin your rookie uh, number one overall pick than just having a Taysom Hill-like tight end. <laughs> I want to I picture oh, the look on a Jaguar, fa- a Jaguar fan's face when you have like the prospect of the decade, like of Trevor Lawrence out there, your golden boy, ready there out there to take a snap. And then here's Tim Tebow lined up at tight end. Let's put him in motion and let's let Tebow throw a terrible duck down the field that gets picked off and taken back. Or just like seeing like they're in the huddle, they come out of the huddle. Lawrence goes to the wideout position because for some fucking it's reason they're running wildcat with Tebow. Um, I, I keep I keep picturing like do you guys remember the uh, piece Jay of Cullen. video from when Tebow yeah. was on the I think it was Jets in training camp yeah <laughs> uh, they had him throw it a pass he like throws it with his hand coming out like sideways and like the ball just spins around I, don't think I ever saw like, that it looks terrible it looks like was, he never threw a football before I was thinking what Jamie was with Jay Color just not caring at all about uh, when he was playing wide out. Like, if you are putting a quarterback that the world knows isn't a quarterback at the Wildcat, just what are you doing? Like, yeah. what are you doing? It's because of that one Miami Dolphins season. Like, they beat the Patriots with it and actually had a fairly good record. And so now it's just always going to be there, kind of. Those Dolphins caught lightning in a bottle. And everyone's trying to do, like, something <laughs> similar to that. Yeah. And it's just, like... Please, I don't want to see Trevor Lawrence on a wideout position. Please. <laughs> oh my gosh, the people will absolutely erupt if that happens, and I can't wait to see if it does. Oh man. Oh boy. Um, I guess any last. I do have another topic, but any last things on the draft? Oh, uh, Jamie, talk to me about Pete Warner. Oh, Pete Warner is a stud. No, I, he, I think can fit in where he's racking up double digit tackles every single week. Uh, so the saints also have Demario Davis and I have him. So that was kind of like my thought there that he could be uh, like a Demario Davis jr. 
Um, and that's where I'm, I'm going with that pick. I think he's a stud. I, I love Ohio State uh, linebackers ever since Shazier. So that was the trend there. Yeah, nice. that was a really good pick because he can like step into some sort of starting role. Like I think relatively soon with them, and he's just he was reli- like very reliable on the field for Ohio State when he was there. So like I think he's gonna be good for him. Because I mean, literally when you picked him, I started looking at who I can start. Like I started just putting people on a list to like target in like the waiver wire, and I saw his name came up. I was like, oh shit, I forgot that he even got drafted. Mm-hmm. Um. It was him, and I don't think anyone actually scooped him up. What was that linebacker from Northwestern that was there? Um, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Just from all the Big Ten games. Um, that's what Warner reminded me of. He's been around forever, it felt like. Look at you guys caring about your defensive players over in the Big Ten. Is that Patty Fisher or – Fisher, yeah, yeah, that's him. That's what yeah. I, <laughs> dude. He felt I felt like he was there forever. Every time yeah. I turned on a game, Northwestern was playing. Patty Fisher was making a play. He had at least ten tackles against Purdue every single time. So yeah, <laughs> he was he was a stud in my right. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, boy. So the last things I kind of want to touch on because we talked about it like in our live stream, but I just also wanted to get them in here. Uh, so the owners meeting results, um, everybody knows that we raised the pot, uh, and we did the follow up for that already. That's going to be 40 bucks this year. Um, we were missing one vote. Uh, I didn't care enough to go hunt down the one person. Um, and so I kind of took the average cause I think, I think it was only, it was five people I'd picked 50 bucks. Was it five? Maybe it was only four at that point. I think it was four, four, one. And so more people, wanted not $50 and so then but more people wanted 40 than 35 so I just rolled with 40. Um, we're going to increase the rounds in the rookie draft to five which I think will be kind of interesting because I think we'll that might be where we get some more defensive backs picked and just more defensive players in general. More trades? Yeah has more trades be. has to be. I'm always down for more. Can't be a bad thing. Yeah that's the I end did- goal for everything. I didn't do a trade this year, but I promise I'll do a trade next year. It's only because I made such a bad trade with Shane the year before. But <laughs> Man, dude, <laughs> Shane, we didn't mention it, but Shane honestly like probably had one of the top. He picks. racked up. Yeah. He's, He's going to be a force in this league for years to come until people stop trading with him. <laughs> what, what are his future picks? Does he have multiple picks? No. Okay. He has Kyle's pit. He has Kyle's second, but doesn't have his own. So he's, he's currently at one pick in a round. We can consider it a win for the league if he doesn't, if he stares there. You know he's uh, going to try and trade one of those big oh, receivers. Yeah. 100%. This it's yeah, going to happen. I'll trade Someone's going to go in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait till I have first overall, then I'll trade for something from him. Uh, it'll be a travesty if I get first overall, because that should not happen. I feel so bad for Michael if I somehow manage to do that. Uh, oh, so uh, we're not implementing the taxi squad, which I'm actually – I'm interested to get your perspective on, Jamie. I, uh, Max and I are in another league actually run by shame and that league voted to do it this year. And the more they've talked about, and I've thought about the more, I think it's actually pretty neat. Um, it's like, to me, I don't like the way they have it set it up. So it's basically what you do is you draft your rookies. And then for the fall, each, you can have the option to protect a player uh, on your taxi squad um, by one pick next year. Um, so like, say you have four, say you have a four round rookie draft, 
and you have four taxi spots, uh, you can just say like, this guy's protected with a first, second, third, fourth. So, but you can't have like multiple. You can't say like, these three guys are all worth the first. And you can only pick one per round. Um, and so then somebody can come in and be like, I want that guy. I will give you a first form. And so you either have to give him up or move him up onto your regular roster. Huh. Which I don't know. I don't know if I explained it well enough just in that question, which may have been some of it, but I think it's actually kind of a neat idea. Um, I think it definitely initial, has another element. Initial thoughts from what I think I understand. I think it's a pretty good idea because it, I mean, it puts just, it keeps putting value on players and just that discussion with value on players, I think is always going to be interesting. And so it gets people to do something if they want to put it on the roster, keep it on the taxi, or if someone wants to make the move and try to snag a rookie lower than they think it is. So I, that's interesting. I think it gives that like really good um, mimicking of kind of like how the real league works too. I don't know exactly how it works for claiming off like the practice squad and stuff, like in terms of compensation, if any, but um I think uh, like I think that the whole player valuation piece is fun too because then you, it just adds another level of strategy you kind of have to keep in the back of your mind when you're making some of the roster moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll probably put that back on the poll for next year, especially because it was a 50-50 split. Um, and I'll probably I'll try to do a better job of actually explaining like the vision of it. Because um, yeah, I don't know. It seems. It seems pretty neat. Uh, like, uh, and it could it could address um, some of that like workaround of tanking by like putting all your stud rookies on the taxi squad because like, like for this year, right? I couldn't have both Fields and Lawrence. I wouldn't want that both my taxi squad because I could only value one of them at a first round pick protection. So like anybody in the league would be like, yes, I will pay a second round pick for Fields or Lawrence. <laughs> and then I have to be like, okay. Or I'd have to move them up to the main roster. Um, and so then, like, that kind of balances out some of that just, like, super blatant anti-tanking. Like, teams, I think, like, Michael wouldn't necessarily be affected just because, like, he's done, he's done a good job just making his team not good. <laughs> so I don't think he'll be saving a lot of points necessarily on the taxi squad. Um, yeah. I think the potential points, at least for this year, and the case that you bring up, uh, M- Michael should have a lower potential points. But... It is definitely something to think about in the future when a team decides to fire sale or just go all out to tank and something like that. Yeah, and I'm fine with that kind of tanking, I think. Like, I think that's part of the whole dynasty thing is you want you want there to be people doing different strategies. And if your strategy for tanking is, like, fire sailing and, like, just actually trying to make your team bad, I'm all for that. Rather than like the whole before doing potential points, it was like rather than just not starting your good players and stuff like that. I think if you're actually trying to make your team bad so you can get future picks to be good when other when you predict other people will be bad, I think that's totally a fair way to play dynasty football. That's fair. Um, oh, and then the last thing was just uh, we officially made it so that the Waffle House challenge will be done by uh, the toilet bowl winner. Winner. Yeah, baby, let's go. Yeah, uh, I think I think we're safe enough to open that back up. So this will be the first year of it. So <laughs> I guess an early congrats to Michael. <laughs> He's definitely shooting for first overall pick. Like, I know he wants it. So. Wait, do you say it was like, um, do you say it was the toilet bowl winner? Is that what you said? Yeah. 
So, I mean, he, he could get hot. He could get a good week, like one good week, and save himself. Um, that'll be fun, because I think... I think it'll be fun to see all the, like the people that did make it in the playoffs probably panicking almost as much as the people trying to get money, <laughs> just trying to not have to sit in the Waffle House for 24 hours. It, it keeps you in. I love it. I'm so glad we chose to do this. And oh, I, yeah. hope, I hope whoever has to do it, like takes advantage of it, like documents or something. I, I would tune in if they want to stream it or something. It'd be so funny. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of have to make a, a streaming or just day of it just to entertain yourself that you're going to be in a Waffle House for that long. Yeah. I mean, I've heard there's Waffle Houses along like uh, the Gulf of Mexico and like uh, Mississippi. Like go to one of those. Have a nice <laughs> view. Like make a day of it. That's awesome. You guys, how many, how many waffles is it again? Uh, every waffle you eat takes an hour off. They have to stay. So like, <laughs> it's the, that's the thing, right? And they're big waffles at Waffle House. I mean, they're huge. Yeah. I was like, like at home, I could eat, I could like, child. If I was really trying to do it, I could probably eat four or five waffles pretty quick, and then like sit there and wake it up, take it off. But I, don't, I could not do like four Waffle House waffles. That is, that's a lot of food. Okay, real quick, Seth and Max, both your Waffle House. How much do you think you could eat in that? How many hours are you spending in Waffle House? So what what do we start at again? It's twenty four hours, and then every waffle you hours. eat, you take an hour off that time. And we're I need I need a picture. I need a picture to see how I, big this I is. Think on I, plate. I think I could do seven where I get to like 17 hours, but that is really pacing myself. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I was saying. I was like, if you, cause like you're going to be there for more than six hours. So if mm-hmm. you just start off with like a, a waffle an hour. Uh, that's not, such a big waffle. Right. I mean, they're not super thick, but they're still massive waffles. That's then, a like, big plate. Yeah. And then the question is like syrup and butter. Cause that's just going to add to like fullness. Is that in the challenge? Do you have to add syrup and butter? Ever? No, you don't. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I don't. Th- yeah, but see, I feel like I would just get no, so tired is- of just eating a dry waffle. <laughs> I know you want to make it somewhat enjoyable. Like you're see, gonna have other- to drink a lot. Maybe you have to drink a lot of stuff out of your system. The other option is you just put so much syrup on it that you just kind of like suck it down, and then you just have that much syrup, it goes right through you. I'm thinking just like you're gonna just rip off a piece, dunk it in something, and like Joey Chestnut the whole thing, and just throw them back. You just throw five waffle back, five waffles in the first hour, and then you're just sitting there just. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm literally thinking you knock like back five like... waffles, and then immediately go to the bathroom for two hours, <laughs> come back. Like I'm thinking like you're. Like I'm picturing the waffle I'm seeing on the screen here, and like roll, rolling it up into like a cone, and then like dipping the cone in something. Yeah. And just shooting it back. Oh, you're gonna man. you're gonna be there for so long if you're just gonna sit there cutting away at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just some ideas, oh, Michael. But uh. that sounds I <laughs> what I'm getting from this is I I'm never gonna full out tank in this league. I'd never want to put myself through this experience. <laughs> Man. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that's going to go down. 
There is an article about a guy that had to do it, but it doesn't. He flew to Kansas City from New York and ate at a Waffle House there. Hmm. He said he would be happy if he could get to 12 waffles. Wow. He's a marathon runner, though, so I'm sure he can knock back the calories when he needs to. Mm. But that's 12 waffles. That's that's a lot of waffles. And you're, would, you get 12 hours to do it. I mean, technically, if you're eating 12 waffles. Yeah, I mean, if you're doing it one an hour, like just one waffle an hour, and you're not eating anything else for that hour. I, I just don't think your really stomach hungry. can hold that much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What what do you do? Like, what are you gonna be drinking in between? Like, you get that one waffle down for that hour. You gotta start like you gotta just drink a ton of coffee, man, because it's gonna be exhausting. And then you're gonna get the the nice coffee shits to get that stuff out of your system. That's true. That's a good yeah. maybe maybe coffee every two, just to like get a good cycle going. I don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That is man. a good point though. I'm trying to think of the other stuff that was there. I feel like the Waffle House ones probably the worst uh like our other options we had for some stuff uh taking the having to pay to take the sat would just be awful yeah at least i'm eating good food with the other one yeah and there will be people there that will find it hilarious hopefully (laughs) (laughs) otherwise you just gonna look repulsive yeah uh have you guys heard about the uh that the um oh what's the, the not the fda the emergency federal agency on FEMA? FEMA they have a waffle house statistic uh no. yeah to, to gauge like disaster relief and how badly it is because waffle house does not close and so like the worst zones are actually if a waffle house like will not open it's like hmm. an actual like thing <laughs> oh i never knew that yeah it's called the waffle house index <laughs> It makes yeah, sense. Though. I learned a lot this weekend. Yeah, it's it's three levels. It's green, yellow, red. Green is full menu, which means the restaurant has power and damage is limited or no damage at all. Yellow, limited menu, no power, only power from a generator or food supplies may be low. And then red, the restaurants are closed, indicating severe damage or severe flooding. I kind of want like a brown where it's like brown means only waffles sold, like nothing <laughs> else. It's like, wait, what? what do you mean? What else? Don't you guys only do waffles? <laughs> uh, they awesome. have a they have it used in relation to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Any like any red right now? Uh, this like, only shows like twenty twenty. Like it's just showing okay. like how how it progressed. Like April third, it was only forty percent of Waffle Houses were closed. By April seventeenth, ninety nine percent of them were closed. So we were like super in the Waffle House red zone. Wow. After like two weeks. Wow. It's so funny. Yeah, and then I'll actually be good at the whole uh, weekly challenges. I remember to do those. <laughs> I still have that list saved. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to add another week now. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's the other thing. I don't think I need to ask her, but I was going to keep the same playoff stuff and just push it back a week. I'm assuming yeah. Sleeper just did that automatically, anyways. Yeah, I, it I did. Think that's good. Yeah, it gets it gets everyone to play each other more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause some people still don't play each other twice a year. So it'll be good. Yeah. Actually they haven't even updated yet. Really? I thought. Yeah. If you like hover over the weeks and starters, it only goes up to week 16. Oh yeah, it does. Wait, why don't they <clears throat> even show a 17? But that's, yeah, that's what I thought. Don't we only play up to a week? 
Oh, we only do. Yeah, that's right. So maybe I need to. I need to manually okay. probably push it back then. I'll do that right now. I'll do it live on there. Uh, I need to find where that setting is. Oh, there it is. Um, refresh. Week fifteen. Yeah, so week fifteen. <laughs> okay, there. Boom. Updates are saved. Should be there now. Yep. Boom. Boom. Last week is week seventeen. Oh. Look at that. Exercise and commission power is live on there. Oh, that was that was exhilarating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's some uh solid pod content. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for short notice coming on, Jamie. Oh, thank yeah. you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. Pleasure. We'll bring you back. Yeah. I look forward to an eventual future pod from you and Jordan. Oh, absolutely. I do too. We gotta get Actually, a good like a good rhythm and tandem here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, since you don't, since you're not doing your pod right now, uh, and you mentioned it earlier as like a subject for you guys, what are you betting on currently? What's your what's what are you looking at? Probably playoffs, right? NBA playoffs, NHL. Oh playoffs. yeah. So it's also the Euros just started. Euro soccer, Belgium at plus one hundred full time to win. I nailed that today. That was my most proudest bet. I lost Denmark, but that was very sad. Hopefully Christian Eriksen Eriksen can recover. Uh, I. There was a Dane Simone Kerr who plays for AC Milan, my favorite soccer team. And just seeing how emotional he was, I knew that bet was just going to be in rough because how poorly that game went. But Wait, for Jamie, MB- can we can we revisit this uh, that your um, your wedding bet, uh, your futures bet you made um, with Alex? With- no, the the was it AC Milan one you told me about? Yeah, What's you had you said you bet on you bet on one a future bet for someone to win a league or whatever that if you won it was gonna pay for your wedding. Yeah, it was gonna. So I bet a uh, hundred dollars on AC Milan at twenty to one to win the uh, Serie A championship, but they lost that. It was gonna help. It was only like to win two thousand. But it would have been oh. pretty fun. It, 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 it can't pay for the whole wedding, unfortunately, with where we're at. <laughs> I was trying to think of, like, were you, what were you betting that was going to do that? Yeah, it maybe it wasn't the whole one. But, Ven- yeah, I was <laughs> Venmo James Fountain, too, if you can. But the, the bet <laughs> I have now is uh, Jazz Clippers. The Clippers are up 15 at the half. Yeah. Uh, and I have the over in that game. So we'll, that'll be interesting to see. If that comes close at 223, and they currently have 113 for the first half. You think so Clippers we'll are winning tonight? I I think they can. I think they need to as well. Yeah. So. I think I feel like they take one. I'm not sure they take two. It's tough. Ever since the Dallas series, I feel like them being down to nothing is like the norm for Clippers anyway. So we'll see if they can persevere. Yeah. It's just like they've all, Jazz Walsh has been playing without Conley. And so it's just like, I feel like if the Clippers need to like do it, they need to do it before Conley came back. Yeah. What do you like? What, what do the Clippers do if they get bounced early again? Like, where do you go from there? Like, what's your, what's your next move? Uh, well, I mean, I'm biased because my hope is that Leonard leaves and then the Thunder's, all the the billion Clippers picks the Thunder got for George turned into good picks. This is all true. right. So your most objective viewpoint, <laughs> and that aside, um, 
I don't know. I mean, it's tough, right? Because, like, <laughs> they can't really do much. I mean, they don't have picks to trade away, and they have zero – they have no cap room. So, like, yeah, I don't think the Clippers, the team, can really do anything unless somebody is willing to take I – don't, I don't even know. I think they're personally stuck in this position for quite some time with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Both went to school for uh, San Diego State, Fresno State. They're both from Southern California. I don't think either of them are going to be leaving with their current contracts anytime soon. And it's kind of like they just have to figure out the pieces around them. Let me tell you, Luke Kennard, he's not the piece that needs to be around them. Some of their big men, it's just they almost don't have like a full – NBA roster that can compete at every single position. I don't know. Yeah, it's I feel like it's not it's not a team that's built for the modern NBA. No, I it, I feel like it's a lot of it turns into a lot of iso ball with Leonard and Paul George when they don't have shots going. And just this year it's just not working out. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's why the Jazz are such a good match like a bad matchup for them it's too mm-hmm. it's like you're depending on their defense but everybody on the jazz does stuff like you don't you don't just take away a guy like you did with the Mavs and you take away luca it's any one of them pops off yeah i think we're clearly seeing with the nets that if you are good but you play team basketball your offense your offense can be really good like Blake Griffin wasn't good before this when he was on the Pistons because they didn't play good team basketball. When, but when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving also on your team, you're going to become better when you play team basketball. So I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think I think Leonard's more likely to leave than George because I don't think George can get that kind of money again, but Leonard can. Yeah. Um, like I've, I've heard – I mean, I think – there's a rumor going to happen all the time, but there's been talk about the Warriors trying to say like, "Hey, it might be able to make something happen." That team would be disgusting. <laughs> that team's already at a certain place with Curry, and like when they get um uh, Clay Thompson back. Yeah, if Clay can get back, I feel so bad for him. Like as much yeah. as everyone wants to really get the Warriors, that just that sucks. See, see, the funny thing is, as soon as KD left, my hate for the Warriors went back down to like nothing. <laughs> like that's like because like that's the thing right like i didn't hate the warriors before kd went there like mm-hmm. they were a homegrown team and like became super yeah, good they did like it was yeah. su- it was a cool story and then kd went there and it's like well fuck this <laughs> <laughs> they did yeah they were doing it fine without them and yeah um, yeah i personally dislike draymond green that's fair KD. i mean that's fair because i I think he does dick moves when he's on the court. I just yeah. I mean, literally, much. he's kicked yeah. Adams like what, like two or three times in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop. Wasn't isn't he the guy that coined the term like basketball motion or something like that mm-hmm. for his leg kicks? You know, oh he's just it's just going up shooter's leg, big shooter Draymond Green. <laughs> Needed to yeah. get that leg extended. Yeah. Maybe the ankle pointed up so ultimate contact. Need that you extra know. power to get that one foot from the rim shot to go in. <laughs> it's such an ugly shot it's so it's ugly. ugly it's it reminds me of one thing that, that comes to mind do you remember sean marion's jump shot mm. <laughs> yeah that thing was hideous it was just mm. let me just push it straight out from my face <laughs> uh i still think the joking no it takes the cake for ugliest jump shot <laughs> oh ew. ew that one's bad that one's real bad it was, it was awful. Mm. 
Not a shooter. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, some surprise uh, basketball content to end out the pod tonight. <laughs> you keep going. Uh, man, I really want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't eaten dinner. I need to eat some dinner. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, once again, th- thanks uh, for being on, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, we're, I'll stop promising that we're going to get to a regular schedule of this pod because it's obviously not happening. Uh, we'll do it as much as we can. Life is yeah. just busy. Yeah. And I mean, especially like, cause we're now between once again, like the big event of the draft and rule updates. And then cause like, there's not much to talk about anymore, especially before like training camps and preseason starts up. <clears throat> um, we're just kind of sitting around speculating stuff. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Out. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Until then, Max, you want to sign us off? Oh, yeah, that's football. Ah. Yeah, that's football. Good night, world.